kick him out. Okay, we're gonna get started. Thank you guys all so much for coming. Um, Chris Merrick, it would appear that you are a popular man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. So, um, the first thing I'm gonna ask every guest, because selfishly I need a new playlist, um, is what is a song that you think we can't not know about? Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm gonna make a new playlist from this, from all the people that I talk to. So, I need a song that you love that you think should go oh. on this playlist. Yeah. Oh man. Can we probably no hands by walk well can we get Yeah, no, absolutely absolutely we can. Alright, uh, yeah, probably no hands by walk though. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's a great choice. That's what I was Okay. Um so just to get started, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, family, interests, stuff like that. Yes, I'm from uh, Chicago, the greatest city in the world. Uh, it has the best skyline in the world, the best food. Uh, there's a reason why I'm fat, right? Um, so it's just a, it's a dope place. Um, I was uh, raised in uh, Humble Park, uh, which is a pretty diverse community. Uh, I am I am one of of nine, and right in the middle, uh, I have seven brothers and one sister. Uh, we were pretty, we were pretty activist kids. Uh, you can't tell right now, but I was. Uh, what do I like doing? Sure. Uh, I like a good turn up, man. Like I like going out, having fun. Uh, I love traveling. I love experiencing new things. I love see, seeing and, and, and seeing different places, meeting new people. Um, yeah. Like, I love some music. I, yeah, like music is it, it, it has the ability to to lift you out of some pretty dark spots, and so music is, is pretty important to me. So no hands, specifically. No hands. Yeah. No hands. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Chicago, yep. and then after spending high school immersed in the vibrant diversity that Chicago had to offer, mm -hmm. you decided to attend Grace College, uh, which for those who don't know, just like I did, is a small Christian school in. Indiana, that um, I imagine is pretty similar to this school. Um, so how, how did you decide that Grace was the place for you? Yeah, so I went to, I went to public school all my life, um, and I really started living for the Lord, I wanna say my freshman, sophomore year of high school, uh, and, and all of my brothers, we all went to public school, we all uh, ended up going to a private Christian school uh, in, in, for undergrad. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I knew I wanted to, to have that formal private education. I didn't know it was going to be grace, but the Lord is weird and he is funny when he does things. I didn't want to go to the same school that a couple of my brothers went to, and, and grace just happened to be that place. And, um, yeah, I actually didn't enjoy my, my college experience that first semester, but I was grateful for my pastor. He kind of just like, yo, if you hate it, you need to figure out a way to love it if you're gonna stay here. So uh, I built new friends and, and, and yeah, Grace was a very simple. <laughs> we didn't have that free life stuff though, so that's good. No shade to free life. Do you wish that you had had the Greek life stuff? 
So since this Grace was a similar place to this school, um, did you ever think about the fact that you would be a minority there? Um, and if so, how did that uh, play into your decision to, to go to school there? Yeah, so that was like the first place I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, and I never imagined that like the conversations that we would have about just topics of diversity were going to be so difficult, uh, and especially having like Christian, like like the Christians that I grew up with, right? Like they they looked different, they spoke different, they they celebrated life differently, and we just appreciated that. Um, and, and going there, like I remember my brother telling me, he was like, uh, "You're going to have, have to represent black people." What does that mean? Like, I'm a person, like, you know. Uh, and he was like, you, you, you are not going to be allowed to be Chris. And so, and I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm a high school senior. Like, I, dude, like, you know what you're talking about. So, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do life. But then I got there, and I'm just like, oh, now I see what you're talking about. Like, I, I can't be me because me being me uh, will, will either make people uncomfortable. Uh, or, or potentially offend people, right? And so, like, there were there was the, there were these components of like, yo, like I I realized real fast that I was a black man. Where um, they'd be like interacting with some of my 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 classmates, or uh, that legitimately was the only time I ever been pulled over in in my life. Uh, and so, uh, dealing with that, and I remember talking to my parents about that. I was just like, yeah, Sean was right, my dad was right, like. There are some things that I'm going to encounter that look very differently than, than some of my peers, and how do I maneuver through those things? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was definitely tough. It was definitely tough. But I don't think I regret those experiences. Yeah. yeah. So going off of that, I have no idea what it's like to be a minority. Um, I went to a high school that was really diverse, and then here, look, look around. Um, so what what is it? <laughs> I mean, like the room speaks for itself. Um, so, in what what is it like to be a minority? I mean, it has its, it's, it has its pros and cons like everything else, right? Um, but sometimes those cons they just weigh heavier, um, and they you you think through like I think even now, right? Like I'm the only black RG on campus, right? Um, and so, what does that look like? You know, uh, knowing that. Um, when, when I walk into a room and I speak with my, my colleagues, uh, depending on the topic, my voice weighs more, right? Uh, and why why should it weigh more? Why should, you know, I, I don't speak for all black people, right? And so like, why should, when I speak on black things, they have to weigh more? Like, why can't you understand that there 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 is a problem and, um, yeah, it feels good to be heard, right? Right? Like I, like I feel like in this space sometimes I, I don't know what it's like to sit still and be quiet because there's always this need to be like, okay, wait, y'all doing what? To who? No, you know. And so rather than you know just just relaxing and chilling, you're like, oh, you treat people like normal people, like you're not worried about you know offending someone. Uh, and so I would say that's a problem, but also like you know being able to speak up and like, listen, no, we need to 
we need to talk to our students about hard things, right? Like we need to say, listen, what transpired over the last six or seven months? Are they're not okay, right? And as believers, like I, I think sometimes if we we like to think that we're not either part of the problem or we we have no place to engage, but we we do. Sorry. Um, but we do, and so what does that look like to have those hard, uncomfortable, potentially offensive conversations? So you said that, that the cons weigh heavier than the pros? Oh, or, or right. so, so, Yeah, so go, with that in mind, why do you think it's so important that people know what, like, or at least hear what it feels like to be a minority? Because I, I think no one inherently likes to be mistreated, right? Like, Raise your hand if you like being treated like trash. Like no one, <laughs> no no one enjoys that, right? Like no one no one enjoys to be disrespected. No one enjoys to be marginalized. And so I think for me, like um, I'm not a student here, right? And so like I, I don't think people are brazen enough to to say some of the things that they say to their peers. Um, but there are like I I, I talk to minority students here, specifically black students, and, I, and I'm starting to talk to some of the black females on campus and, and listening to some of the things that they're going through, and I'm like, these are your friends? That's all? Like, I, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, wait, your friend said that to you? Like, your homie? Like, what? No, no, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because like, those things are, aren't okay, and I'm not a person who, like, you can ask just about anybody who knows me. I love to have fun. I love to laugh. Like, I'll even say some some not so PC things, right? But like with that, right? Like these are relationships that I've built with people, right? And and, and I know that there's a line that you do not cross. Um, and, and I think like we we need to hear people from different that come from different walks of life, right? And learn how to appreciate them and not just tolerate them, right? Like I think this whole idea that like coexist is foolish. Right, like we like we shouldn't try to just coexist, and and not that you have to suppress what you believe in order to give someone else a voice, right? But equality should not feel like oppression for you, and and I think sometimes, and and, and, and this is, and again, right, like this is my experience, and this is my worldview, right? And so, like, I don't speak for all black people when I say this, but when I have interacted with white people, you know, they like when I talk about these things, it's like, okay, so what are you telling me that I'm not good enough or I'm not? Working hard, I'm like, no, this ain't about you. This is about us as a whole, you know. And so, and I think that's important for minorities, whether you're black, you know, you're a woman in a, in a, in a male-driven society. Like, what does that look like to speak up for people who don't have the the equal footing that you do? Tolerance is different than acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So while you were at Grace College, you had a very tragic, undeniable, but unfortunately all too familiar for many African Americans um, experience with blatant racism um, with someone that lived on your hall. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I... <laughs> this dude... Uh, <laughs> um, so, me and my friends, we were playing on the hall, um, and we were really loud. But granted, it was like a hockey night. And this dude, like, he was an athlete. I think he had a game the next day, so he, went, he was going to bed. He didn't rush to bed, whatever. Um, and we were all being stupid. Like, every last one, everybody in the group was being dumb. Um, and, but he came out the room, and he was like, uh, TNB. And I was like, 
We're just gonna keep doing what we're doing. Well, all of my friends stopped, right? And I'm just looking at them like, dog, what is, what is going on with y'all? Like, why are y'all freaking out? Oh, uh, and so they all like rushed me. <laughs> they all like rushed me to the last room on the hall, and they like they all like stood in front of the door, and they're all looking like who's on top. And I'm like, and I look at my buddies. I'm like, what the freak is going on? Uh, and my buddies look at me. He's like, I ain't saying nothing. And I'm like. Brown, what do you say? Like, it ain't that big of a deal. Like, just say what he said. Like, what's going on? What's going to happen? Um, and I guess the phrase meant, um, but prior to that, I was like, if y'all don't tell me, I'm not going to be all about it. Because clearly, at this point, it's offensive, right? You know it is. Like, you know he said something reckless, right? How reckless it is, I don't know. But you know he, he puffed up his chest real bad. And so, and, and they said it meant typical nigger behavior. And so calmly and collected, I, I was just like, I, was, I told my homies, I was like, yo, move out the way. And they're like, no, you're gonna go. I was like, no, move before I touch you. And so they moved out the way, walked down to the hall, and I was like, I was like, Delos. I was like, bro, I was like, if you ever use those words with me again, I'm going to knock you out. I want you to know that. And he was like, oh, I thought we were cool. I thought we were, bro. No, we, we will not be going back and forth about someone saying the, the N-word to me and thinking that that's okay. Um, and I remember talking to my pastor. My pastor's a white guy from Ohio. And he just went off. And I was like, damn, like you, you, you're just as bad as I am. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and he wrote our president, and our, and our president had a conversation with the, the student body about what does it look like to engage with people and why the N-word is not okay. So, but yeah, like, that was my first time. That, like, I'm in, I'm in like this Christian community. And again, right, like my brother like telling me like, yo, like, you gotta watch out when you go to places like that. You know, and then he, cause I mean, he lived that, right? Like he lived Grace College. Um, and like, so for me, like it was just like, this is someone who professes Christ. And, and again, right, like it, it, it isn't this like, I'm not asking people to be perfect, right? But if you are an 18 year old, 19 year old, person and you don't know that saying an n-word to someone in a derogatory way is, is bad something's wrong you know and i don't think he knew like i just thought he thought he was cool and he was gonna find out that day like bro like you would end up on the floor like so be careful you know uh, and i honestly i think the only reason i didn't touch that boy because i knew i had more to lose than he did so so what you just described is evidence that white privilege still exists. The fact that someone in a position of privilege thought that it was appropriate to employ an extremely derogatory word in any situation is evidence that white privilege still exists and is very much a threat to equality. And yet some people are uncomfortable or even disagree with the idea that, that, it, that white privilege exists. So why do you think so many people still cannot and do not Acknowledge that it's a very prominent and dangerous threat to equality, and, and what would you say to those people? Um, I'm not white, so it's it's hard for me to tell someone how they should feel. Um, but again, with my little interaction, right, like I have a very 
and, and I think, right, like we all to some degree have a very, like I'm, I'm not that old, right? Like I'm not in the 30s yet, right? And so like, you know, I have a very limited worldview. Um, but I, I think in my mind, why, and, and again, right, you can correct me if you're wrong, because you're a white, you're a white woman, right? Um, but I think when I've in, interacted with white people who have such a, a hard time with white privilege, one or two things happen. They feel this personal attack on them as if they created this, this privilege, which I don't think current white people have created. They, they definitely create the system, but they benefit from the system. And I think when you tell them, when they hear that, they, they hear that you're saying that they're wrong. Um, and especially white people who, who want to help and want to engage. That, that's kind of a, a, a punch to the gut. Um, and there's this weird tension of, of, of you, them not wanting to own up to their, their privilege, right? And so like, and we all have privilege to some degree, right? Like as a man, I have privilege and I know that, right? Um, and th there are certain things that I get because I'm a man, right? I, I know when I walk in the room, all eyes, like, you don't look, you don't pay attention, right? Um, and so, and, and I think the, the reason why white privilege is so difficult because it says, hey, you gotta look at yourself and you gotta say, hey, I'm a part of a systemic issue in our country. And and again, right, I think when people hear, like when they hear that, that, that phrase, that term, they, some people just don't wanna face that music, right? Like, I think when, like when you become a believer, right? Like in order to, to acknowledge that you know Jesus, you have to admit that you're wrong. And we inherently do not want to do that as people. Like we don't want to admit that we have problems, right? And so like when you have something so charged as white privilege, especially in today's world, you're like, yo, like you're, just because you're a white individual, you benefit from these systems. And, and, and it doesn't mean that you don't work hard, right? Like, I, like my friends, like my, their grandparents, like they work really hard, right? It doesn't mean that you're lazy. I think that's what people hear. And I'm like, I'm not calling you lazy. I'm just saying, right or wrong, you benefit from, from a system that was built by people who looked like me, right? Like, you think of slavery, right? Like, that was free labor for 200 and some years. And you think you're not benefiting from a system? Like, two plus two is four, right? Not, not, we don't have to do all this one point. Like, no, dog, two plus two gives you four. And, and, and white people have benefited from a system in America that pushes them above people. And, and, and I think when you tell them that, it's like, oh, well, black people have it this way. You guys get free scholarship. You get, you know, and it's like, why do people even feel the need to do that? Right? Like, is there a guilt that they're wrestling with? Right? Like, why do you feel like you need to give me a handout? You know, um, why, why do you feel like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why did affirmative action come into play? Right? Because we weren't given minorities, people in marginalized places, equal footing. And, and, and in order for us to play catch up, Right, we, we had to make some adjustments. And so I think that, that, that and, and again, I'm not white, and so I, I'm, like, I, I can have the conversation, right, we're like, no, Chris, maybe you are wrong. Like, I'm okay, like, I'm okay with being wrong, because I think we need to figure this out. But I think white people are just like, that, that have struggled with it, oh, but my grandparents, no one says your grandparents were, weren't hardworking. You just benefit from a system that abused people who tend to look like you. Like, slavery, would, and, and, and I think like even in history books, Slavery like was ten times worse than, than what the history books say. Like it that that was not an easy time. And I think for us to say like, oh, we're 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 past those things and we still don't 
benefit for those repercussions. It's like, okay, your grandfather was an alcoholic, right? But you don't drink, right? Why don't you? Because you've seen your grandfather use alcohol and it affects your mom, right? So you have decided to disengage, right? Because, and, and that's the same thing with, like, you think something that happened, like, in centuries ago, which slavery wasn't that long ago. You think, like, Martin Luther King, like, the, like those things weren't that long ago. And it's just like, you think we are so far behind because you got a black man as your RV. Like, come on, man. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, we've made strides, but it's like, I, I shouldn't be asked if I'm a janitor when I walk around campus. Which there's no shade, no shade to janitors. No, absolutely none, right? But the fact that you equate me with some things like that, like, in your mind, you don't think that I'm, like, good enough to be in this role, right? And you will never say that, right? But your privilege gives you the ability to do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, and I, like, yeah, like, I don't want people to think that I, I think lowly of, of our high speakers because those are some of the hardest working people that I know here, you know? Uh, but I know that some people don't, like, they don't value their work, right? And so, I don't know, and I think we, we need to have a conversation, and I think white people just need to own it. Like, yo, like, I do benefit from this system. And I think they need to ask these questions, like, okay, now what can I do to help? So. so after finishing your undergraduate, you decided to go back to Chicago and work. Um, what did you do while you were there, and why did you decide to go back to Chicago? Yeah, uh, my dad got really sick, uh, and he had, he had stage four cancer. And I wanted to spend the last couple of months to be out alive with him there. Um, and, and I wanted to use my, I mean, I spent $120,000 for a degree of old piece of paper that says, hey, you're, you can be marketed now. Um, so I wanted to use that. Um, you know, I wanted to make my parents proud of both of you know, They didn't want to waste all their money. Um, so I, I got a job at a small marketing firm, um, and I was an account manager there. Um, and so I did that for a little bit, did not enjoy it, did not enjoy sitting behind the desk. I, I really wanted to interact with people and um, really wanted to, to, to work hands on with people. Um, and so I um, took over as a development uh, officer at a small nonprofit in inner city uh, called Inner City Impact. Um, and it was, I mean, it was life changing, right? Like I, I grew up going to that program uh, but it was one thing I'm like, okay, like I am, I, I've now made it, quote unquote, whatever that means, right? Um, and so, like, in my mind, there was like some weird way of like giving back uh, to people who look like me and wanted to be a voice and wanted to represent, you know, and especially black men. Like, I'm really passionate about seeing black men grow uh, and, and not just become more than just an athlete, right? Uh, but they, they, they're capable of doing other things outside of, of sports and rapping and music, uh, which no shades of, to people who are athletes that are minorities, right? Sometimes that's, a, that's, a, that's an out for them to, to drown the, the noise that they have to deal with. Um, but did that, um, and I felt like, yo, like, this ain't the move. Like, I wanna work with these kids that I'm writing stories about, right? Um, and so I raised support, uh, and my heart was to, to get them, to prepare them for um, either um, college or trade school. And so I was a, a, a kind of like a, a, a guidance counselor for these guys. Uh, and so, but then I was like, yo, I ain't really feeling this. Uh, I wanna work for college students full time. And so, black NRD. And now I'm in this higher ed world, so that's cool. Right? You know. 
So the first time I met you, you told me about um, an incident that you had at the Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, can you share with us what that was? Yeah, so I was, um, my brother was a director, executive director at Boys and Girls Club. And our, one of our co-workers, we, we were both supervisors. And she said, Chris, she's like, every time your brother comes to my room and he's like showing a donor in my room, he never introduces me. And I go, what? Like, like in, in my mind, I'm like, why is this a big deal? Like, you know, like why, why are you tripping about somebody introducing you? And she was like, you men, and she like, she came from my throat, right? Like, she was like, that's your brother. And y'all did, 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 did. I'm just like, girl, I care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ain't that big of a deal, let it go, right? Um, but she was like, men do this all the time. And she was like, he came in a room and this is my room, this is my specialty, and he's talking about it like he knows more than I do. And I'm like, I'm like, man, he don't mean nothing in here. This is my brother, like, this is my blood brother, so I'm definitely gonna go to bat for him. I'm like, bro, like, he ain't trying to hurt your feelings. I'll say something to him. And so I, I, I talked to him, uh, and I was like, Jay, I'm like, she felt impressed about you not introducing her when people come in the room. And so, and it kept happening, right? And so I said something to him. Uh, and so she was like, Chris, you don't, anytime there's a donor that comes to visit and gives a tour of the building, you come in and sit in the room. I guarantee you he introduces you and doesn't just say anything to you. So I was just like, all right, whatever. So I had a little walkie-talkie. We all, all the supervisors had a walkie-talkie. Um, you know, we thought it was top five security. You know? uh, so she she go, uh, hey, Chris, come up to my room. I'm like, all right, bet. You know, didn't know why I was walking up there at that point. Like, I forgot about this conversation, right? Uh, and so she was like, the donors are here. You gonna, uh, when, when, when they come in, I guarantee your brother introduces you. Uh, and so I was like, all right, whatever, right? So I'm chilling in the room, uh, playing, like, uh, playing a game with the kids, right? Uh, donors walk in, brother instantly goes, this is Chris Merrick, this is our program specialist here at the building. Mind you, I'm not even over this room. Like, my, my job does not deal with anything in this room. I oversee kind of like operations and, and discipline in the building. Um, and so, and he didn't even mention her. Yeah. Like, did, he just glazed. I was yeah. like, oh, she, she, like, she's right. Like, she's right. You know, uh, and mind you, this is my brother whom, whom I love. My, my parents taught us, like, you respect all people. And here's this man, like, a very good dude, right, in my eyes. Right? I respect him more than most people. And he is unintentionally disrespecting people, right? Because in her mind, how can you come in my room, not even, and, and not that they had any beef, like I can see if he like hated this, yeah. This, yeah. this lady, but he did, like they were cool, you know what I'm saying? Um, but for me, that opened my eyes to the, like again, right, this male privilege that I said I had, where like this is not even my room, this is not my expert, expertise, like, but there's like this bro code that we had, not only that we're both blood brothers, right, but like, were men, right? And so, like, he instantly, like, introduced me and, like, wanted me to talk about this room. I'm like, no, I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on here, though. Like, talk to, I'm like, talk to old guy. Like, this is, you know, you put your room on, on, on blast, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I talked to him, and, and I went in. Like, I was just like, bro, I'm like, I was like, if I knew about this, she'll, man, she'll go off on you. And he goes, and at first, I'm like, bro, why are you tripping? I'm like, bro, like, this happens to her all the time. Like, so how do, like, how do, in my mind, how do we do better? Like, how do you walk into someone else's room and completely disrespect them like that? 
And so, like, for me, I'm just like, bro, I'm like, you better do better. I was like, because if you ain't, I ain't using professional words no more. Like, I'm like, we don't have that, you know, uh, because here, here's somebody that we said that we value and respect, yet, like, with our actions, we're not respecting her, you know. Uh, and I had to throw mom card in because every time you throw mom in there, yeah. like, <laughs> you know to fall in line, you know. Uh, and so, but no, like that, that, was, that was one instance where I'm like, what does it look like for me to use some leverage that I have to help people that are marginalized? And, and it's so simple as like introducing someone, right? Like it, it, it's not like my brother was like, oh, I hate women, like women at the words, like women only belong in the kitchen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like that. It was just like, you don't even fix your mouth to acknowledge a person's presence, you know? Um, and me, because I did have privilege with my brother, like he respects me, like it was my job to say something, you know? So. I think it's really powerful and speaks to your character that on the one hand you've experienced oppression being a black man in modern America but then on the other hand you watched another person be discriminated against based on gender and were able to rise above and help her be heard so do you think the fact that you know what it feels like to be discriminated against helped you or um, guided you in that moment and that's not to say that you wouldn't um, have said something anyways, but I think there's something to be said for tragic experiences sort of uniting people, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it was just like, like my dad's like fam famous saying is like, once you know better, you do better, right? Or you just don't care, you know? And, and, and my dad has always challenged me with what kind of man you want to be. Like, do you want to look your kids in the eye and you want them to be proud that they know you and they call you dad? Right, and so like those things like really have impacted me, uh, and, and this is something I was completely uh, oblivious about. And you hear things like with with you know the women marching and you know trying to fight for equality, and and, and, and honestly, I think I think until I experienced that for myself is when I like like had a chance to like back up what I believed, right? Like I believe that you should you should you should respect all people. Right, like regardless of, of who they are, uh, and especially being a believer, right? Like I know Jesus, right, and and I believe that everyone's created in the image of the Lord, right? And it isn't my job, right? The Lord can do this. The Lord, the Lord has this. I don't owe you anything mentality. He can say that, but I can't. Why can't I? Because I'm fallen and I'm broken and I'm not perfect, you know. Uh, and so, what does it look like for me to 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 help people who don't have the same footing and placement that I do? Right, um, because I do know what it feels like to be overlooked. I do know what it feels like to question, "Hey, do I have this job because I'm qualified, or do I have this job because I'm a minority?" Right? Like, do do you see that I'm fully capable to perform this job and perform it well? And so, um, yeah, like I think my experiences of, of 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 that pressure of being a minority in the room have definitely helped shape me and, and have, have encouraged me to fight for people who often get overlooked or, you know, uh, who are forgotten about or easily dismissed. So after you finished working in Chicago, you went and took a job at Point University in Georgia, mm -hmm. and you told me that that job put a love of college students within you, and specifically that hope was, just hope in general, was illustrated to you through the diversity present at Point. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on your experience there and um, how the beauty of that diversity changed you? 
Yeah, so we, it was a school that had, I mean, we had black, white, like, we had Europeans, Germans, like, it was just the whole nine, and these, these were all college students, and uh, I think uh, th this age is, is a pretty formidable uh, age, and, um, but man, like, they, like literally, I get, as an RD, I couldn't condone these things, but, like, when they were partying, I was like, Bro, they got care in the world right now. You know, they out here turning up. Shouldn't be doing it, right? You shouldn't be in my building, you know, playing beer pong, right? But here we are. Um, but, like, to me, I'm just like, even even those things, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, the, the turn up was real there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, 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 and they just lived life. And, and it wasn't just turn up, right? Like, they... They, they did things, you know, like they, they did service projects together, but, and they were able to have like real hard conversations because these people came from different walks of life and they appreciated each other, you know? Uh, and that wasn't my college experience, right? Like it was, it, it, it was oftentimes me saying like, hey, have you thought about the minority in this room, right? Like, have you thought about those things? And, and those guys at that point were like, y'all like, we gotta think, we gotta think through these things, right? And it was the, it was the black kid telling, his black friends like yo, like we ain't gonna be playing all hip hop music, right? Like we gonna throw some country in there because you know Mason loves Garth Brooks. <laughs> Why you gonna that for me? I don't know, but I'm gonna let you be great, dog. Um, but like even, even those little small things where you see people like thinking about somebody else other than themselves, and me not necessarily having to teach them, yo, like you should care about other people. Right, like why should I tell you that that other people matter? Yeah. Right, and so like, and I think for me, like having that experience, and not saying that you don't have, like, I don't want y'all hear me like going all the way in that Grove City, right? Because I don't think I would not be here if I did not believe in a mission at Grove City, or I didn't value the work that you students put in, or or the staff and faculty put in. But like, it is it there there has been this difference versus me being there yeah. and here, where like. Like, if I always say Black Lives Matter there, like, they wouldn't trip. You, you, you say it here and they call you a socialist. And I'm like, that makes me a socialist because I'm telling you that, like, or I'm just liberal. That's, no, that, it's, a, it's a liberal, right? But when I say health, like, if I, if I say healthcare for all, oh, you're pretty sensitive. My bad, dog. You know, and, and they don't mean it as a compliment, right? It's a, it's a freaking, it's a dig, you know what I'm saying? But, like, Lord knows, I say, Somebody says something about you and your guns, you're gonna flip out, right? And it's like, I don't care about your guns, dog. Keep your, keep your, yo, yo, 12 gauge locked on you, dog. I don't care. You wanna kill deer? Go ahead and be my guest. You know what I'm saying? Um, I ain't gonna argue with you, doc. Um, but, but like being there and seeing those students, and I think because they have a true relationship with each other yeah. and they value different people, that's what helped them engage with each other. Right, so it's like if you are my homie, you my friend, you say you value me, you care for me. How I live life to you matters, and and there's one thing if I'm doing something that's inherently morally wrong, I expect you to say something and not jump for joy for that. Mm -hmm. But seeing those guys like celebrate each other, you know, the weird kid, kid, like you know what I'm saying, say like, oh, Mason, you're a part of the crew. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the the kid that that wanted to wear country music. <laughs> no, no, um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but you know it happens. You know, oh, you know, I, I, I really don't like country music, but I was really, you don't like country music. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think it took that much talent, but I, I, I've heard the worst singer in my life sing some country music. I said, dog, like. Why are they crazy about Taylor Swift? You can do this. <laughs> what Taylor Swift got that you would get? She got good music. She got good music. No shade to T-Swift at all. No shade. But like, Jake Paul got bars. Like, you can hear some of you talking about. He's like, dang, like, that's, ta that's talent. You feel me? Yeah, 100%. Thank you. Retweet. So how did you end up at Grove City? Now I really want you to say just because you prefaced it with that. Yo, they had the easiest application. Oh, oh, absolutely. It was the only thing I. Oh my gosh. Hey, Paul, forgive. Actually, it's not Paul, it's HR. HR, forgive me. It was, it was just a very simple for staff. It was a cover letter, a resume, and references. That's all I had to do. I had to send it to HR. And I was always taught if you have three solid pieces of documents, and it was those three, right? Like, you should get an interview and you should do well, right? Um, and so mine, I don't know why, like, they were pretty dope. And clearly my boss, boss thought so. So he called me and was like, you know, like, you think about moving on? I was like, yeah, like, you know, like, what, what's Girl City about? I didn't know. I, I, I literally didn't, I had no idea what Girl City was. I never heard of it until I was like on this website. Uh, and it was funny, this was the crazy part. Like, uh, uh, one of my homies, grew, he grew up in Pittsburgh and he didn't come here because like Girl City has a stigma outside of the, our little bubble that we're racist and homeschooled. And so, and he was like, he was like, Mary, you might have a problem with that. I say, dog, as long as they don't bring it to my door, we good, fam. Like, um, because at the same time, like, I, I, I've learned how to navigate within majority culture, right? And so, like, I was used to the people sliding in, in, in these microaggressions and those foolish words, right? But at the same time, like, I was like, yo, like, it, it's my job to speak up and say something and be like, no, nah, bro, we ain't gonna do this. Like, we, we will not do this because this does not represent the Lord. Uh, and again, we can have, have a conversation. But at the end of the day, dog, bro, we not gonna be out here acting like we, we don't know the Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So So has Grove City, and if so, how? Um has yeah, how how if if the school has, how um has white privilege been illustrated here? Because it, it we need to be better. Um, I think from a staff's perspective, like it's, it can be, it's so exhausting, like, not, like, seeing students, like, push back so much when you're trying to get them to see their friend's point of view. Like, why am I fighting with you on why you call your friend monkey an issue for you? So I think for me, and it's just like, and and and, I, and 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 I know the minorities in this room, whether you whether you're you're a a a a woman, or specifically you are black, like they can tell you like 
they have to go out of their way to make other people comfortable. They gotta, specifically the, the black students and the, and the Asian students, like they gotta tone down who they are to keep from offending their white counterparts all the time, you know? And, and, and they're almost like an afterthought sometimes where it's like, oh, oh, I forgot about you, Joe. What you mean you forgot about me? Like you're supposed to be my, you're supposed to be my whole best friend. Like, how you forget about me? And not, and, and, and it's funny, right? Like, we, we love to throw around these words like, oh, I don't see color. Yeah, you do. Don't act like you don't. And it's offensive to the Lord to act like you don't see color because he created me this way. And so one, like, and again, right, like, this isn't to, to spiritually manipulate people and emotionally abuse them, but it's like, it's offensive, offensive to the Lord to act like I don't exist, right? Like, there are times where, like, or my color doesn't exist, right? And so just like, we are not the same. I do not think the same way as you, and that's okay, you know? Uh, but I know the black students, like, here specifically are like, Chris, dog, it's tough, you know? And I have a little bit more diversity, right, at, 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 at Grace, and like, we actually got like a, a black uh, student, uh, student association or whatever, uh, and so we have like an outlet, but the black students here don't have that, you know what I'm saying? Like. Like, it's a rarity that I see all black students eat together in the, in the cafeteria. Like, that wasn't my, my experience at, at, at Grace, right? Like, it, we, we linked up and it was it was lit, you know what I'm saying? But then I have my white friends always saying, why y'all always sit at the cafeteria, like, your white house at the table together? I'm like, dog, nobody said that with you and all your white homies sit at the table together. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's the same type of person, like, oh, I don't see color. Like, so why are y'all, like, excluding yourself? I'm like, bro, we're not, like, but most people, when you see people who look like you, you gravitate towards them. If you if you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb, which at Grove City, you gotta stick out, y'all. Like you 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 look a little different. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're gonna go find people, because there there's like this like this 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 letdown that you like. Oh, I don't know my guard now when I'm around here. Like I ain't gotta be super politically correct when I'm talking, because you we get each other, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm sure it's like the same way with women, right? Like, you talk to your girls differently than you talk to your girlfriends sometimes. Like, and if you, sh well, <laughs> I, 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 do, I don't know that I do, but I think other people do. I was talking to my girl, man, I was like, hey, girl, like, that dress don't look good on me, you know what I'm saying? But my mom, like, I'd be like, Nate, dog, don't shoes, you can't go out like that. Like I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell any of my, like, you know what I'm saying, my lady friends, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, so like, you know, uh, or even some of the black students, like I know some of the black students here, like, see me in a very different light than some of my white students, because I'm like, dog, I get, I get it, like, we, we, we get it, you know, and so, uh, I know it's, like, super exhausting to be a minority in this space, because, like, and even then, right, it's like, oh, like, why do I always get, like, why is it that I have to be the one to educate you on your privilege? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why do I have to talk to you that y'all like you got an upper hand? And that and that's privilege in itself. The fact that you don't even realize that you have this ability to win and you don't even have to try. Like, and, and, and honestly, right, like, and, and maybe maybe it is me, like, having a chip on my shoulder or, you know, but it's, like, being one of, probably, I'm probably the only black RD that's ever served at this school, 
right? Uh, in, the, in the hundred and odd years that it's been in existence. Like, I can't mess up. Like, I can't drop the ball because that can potentially mess it up for people that look like me to come behind. And, it's, and, 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 and I think, or at least I hope that, that people wouldn't legitimately say that out loud, but you know they think, like, it's like, remember we got we got that last one, he ain't turned out too good. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, really, dog? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I have to give you my very best all the time. Like, I can't, I can't screw up. And I'm not going to, no cap, no cap at all. There are people that, like, get jobs and they don't do nothing. And I'm like, bro, how does this, and he, like, he, he ain't even thinking about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because guess what? There's another dude that looks dead like him that definitely won't get insane. Position. And again, maybe it's it's a way black people have, have have formed these ideas, but it's been our experience sometimes too. It's like you like and I think of what my brother told me ten years ago when I started college. That you can't you can't be Chris. You gotta tone it down. And you have to represent us well. And so he's like, you can't even laugh how you laugh. And I'm sure that a lot of y'all have heard my laugh before. It, it's a little crazy. But he's like, you can't even do that. You know what I'm saying? And so like, what does that, what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? And do I have a chip on my shoulder? Absolutely. Like, I'm not gonna act like I don't, but it's because like, it's been experience. It's been me having to fit in this box that I don't think anybody should put anybody in the box. We're all different. We're all, and that's all, like, it's, like there's beauty and diversity. Like, why would you want, like, why would you want to be like somebody else? I'm, maybe this is the middle child on me, but I'm like, dog, I ain't my brothers. Like, I'm, you gonna address me as such, I'm Christopher. Like, I ain't Jeremy little brother. <laughs> Man, what Birdman say, you gotta put some respect on my name, you know, like, um, and so yeah, like that, I think that's part of it. Can you give an example of how systemic racism has like, affected you either here or at, any of your other undergraduate um, schools? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily call this racism. I don't know if it's ignorance. Because I think racism is a very strong word. And I, like, for me, when I call a person a racist, like, I'm not saying you can't come back from that. But, dog, like, for me, I'm just like, if I call you a racist, I'm like, yo, I don't trust you. You need, like, the Lord needs to deliver you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to argue with a racist anymore. Ignorant people would do that because I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant with the like, like, like I'm from very ignorant, so I know. Um, but a racist individual, like, because to me, it's like you inherently think that something's wrong with my, like, with me as a person. Like, like my skin color offends you, and you don't think that I'm worthy. Um, but I would say, like, in undergrad, like, there was like this, there was this, there was this diversity scholarship, and. Again, my homies, right, and, and, and we've had conversations, and I've grown, they've grown, and, and that's a beauty in that. But, like, they was tripping that I was getting that diversity scholarship. And I was just like, bro, why are you, why are you so pressed about that? And he was like, well, they don't give us white people anything. I was like, you want the $2,000 that they've given me a semester? You can have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like my school was essentially paid for anyway. You know, so the two, two grand, I was essentially pocketing. <laughs> Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I was because I, at one point in time I was smart. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not stupid. But, like, college was just like it was a breeze for me. Uh, 
And so, um, but yeah, like he was like, he was upset that he felt like black people got special treatment. And then he was, he was coming at me and I'm just like, you mad at me that they give me money? What you want me to turn it down? Would you turn it down? Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? And I told him, I was like, would you turn down two grand a semester? Uh, so what? Talk to the president, dog. Like, I'm not gonna do, like, I'm not gonna turn down two grand because it's gonna make my friend feel better about himself. Huh. Like, you outside your mind, you know what I'm saying? Like, and my dad would pinch like me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dog, what are you doing? Cause your friend, you ain't gonna, no, bro, take your money. No. Um, and so like, that was, a, that was like, really weird. Or like, I would get followed in stores at a freaking Walgreens. And I'm just like, why, like, and this is in my, like, again, like in Chicago, not saying that racism doesn't exist, not saying that people don't look at you differently, but the likelihood of me being followed in Walgreens and one on one lake versus Chicago were like, drastically different, right? And so like, like I remember the security guard, like, dude kept following me. And there was like one time, like I remember talking to my parents, I was just like, and my mom, like, she grew up decently, like a like, privileged black girl, Right uh, on the west side of Chicago, my dad grew up extremely poor uh, to where my gra my grandfather made a dollar a day, and they had fourteen kids. I don't know how they did that, good grief. But it is what it is. But like my 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 dad had a very experiential white people versus how my mom did. Uh, and so I remember talking to them. And my dad was like, "Man, the next time you be involved, say something to him." Uh, and so I, you know. You gotta listen to your parents, right? Is that what the Bible says? Like, you know so, like, I'll, I'll, he's following me one time. I was like, bro, can I help you? Like, why are you like, he was like, uh, 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 today, Junior, you know? And I was like, bro, like, why are you following me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because my, and, and that's the thing, like, I would go back and talk to my white friends about it. He's like, oh, that's strange. I never get followed. Of course you don't. Oh. And so, like, I'm just like, yo, like, why are you, like, why are you following me? And he couldn't give me an answer, right? But, and again, I'm sure that was his bias, like, oh, like, here's this black kid, and we were few far in between him when Warsaw, Indiana, right? And so, like, and, and I'm sure, like, he had these preconceived notions, like, we all do, right? His just, like, happened to come out, and dude was following me, and I was like, bro, like, you don't, like, I'm not gonna steal from Walgreens, dog. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm just not, right? And my dad, like, my dad would kill me, like, and I like living, so um, I, I didn't do it. So I was trying to educate myself about privilege before in Wild Ragged's episode, and I came across a very sad reality, especially given the fact that we all attend a Christian school. And that is that people of faith historically, and unfortunately in some cases today, we've talked about this a little bit, um, have worked against racial justice. And specifically, I looked into Jamar Tisby's book, who I think he was here last year or the semester before, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the Color of Compromise, and how he details and describes the fact that um, some white Christian leaders not only vindicated and excused, but promoted racial bigotry and discrimination. So I'm wondering, um, as a Christian man of color, how do you live with those two contradictions when they arise? Um, because excusing racial bigotry obviously is unacceptable, but your faith is also very important to you. Um, I went through this period where I was just dumb Christians because 
for me, it was like, how do we know, like if there's, if there's a group of people that should get this right, it should be us. And people should look at us differently, right? But I think, and I know this isn't just an American thing, but again, this is my experience. The love for our country and the way we have had this, um, like we have literally, and it's on both ends, it's the left and the right, where we care so much about these political systems and, 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 and figures that we have allowed them to destroy us. And, and I think we're Christians, like I can't imagine, I can't imagine how a, a letter that Paul would write to the American church right now and how they have either supported, been silent with the mistreatment of people when you, because when you look at scripture and if you didn't tag a name onto the way Jesus spoke, conservative Republican believers would probably call Jesus a socialist. And for me, it's like, how then, are you crazy? Like, what are you not seeing? And again, I'm, and I'm not at a place where I'm like, oh, we need to just make everything free, right? But it, it, it pisses me off so much because it's like, dog, like we serve Jesus. Like we should not be the ones who are, we should be the ones mistreating people. And, 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 and I think we, we have gone to this place where you ask a Christian what their views are on certain topics, like it comes across as bigotry. So I get that, like I, I truly do. But like, like, we shouldn't be in places where we are mistreating people or we are, we're being okay with people being mistreated. Right, and, and, I, and I'm not talking about like white people trying to fix broken systems all by, by themselves, right? But like when you know that like somebody's talking badly about somebody, why don't you say anything? You know that that's wrong. You know, like if, if you don't know that that's calling someone an N-word, especially in derogatory ways is wrong, so that is a, that's a problem, right? Like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna argue. What do you mean you don't wanna argue? Like, he just said that he called him an N-word and you stood by and did nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like for me, it's just like, how do we know Jesus and how how are we the ones that continue to perpetuate racism, ignorance? Like that hope that we have should change the way we interact with people, the way we love one another. And for me, I'm just like, you cannot like part of me is like, do you love Jesus? Like, like, and, and you see this in scripture, right? Like Jesus clearly says, like, the world would know that you love me by the way you love one another, right? Like, that you belong to me by the way you love one another. So if you're not loving your brother well, do you really belong to Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's a hard question, but, I, but and I think the reality, we gotta, what we got to address, like, it, it's not saying that I have to hate America. Like, you don't have to hate America to love Jesus. You just can't love Jesus more, or you can't love America more than you love Jesus. Right? Like, there are certain things that, and, and we do this all the time. You get my friends like, oh, I'm not going to argue on social media. But Lord knows, they say something about they're going to take your guns. You're going to flip out. So do not give me this whole, like, oh, I don't want to go into these these hard, explosive topics on social media. But, but because when something that you personally care about is being attacked, you say something. So what does it look like when your, your brother or sister is in a room and they're like, hey, I'm hurt 
by the words that this dude says and for or even to just empathize with us. Like, what does it look like? Like, dog, like, I don't understand, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And so there's, like, disengaging or, oh, because I don't have black friends. Like, that's bushly, man. Like, that's an excuse to, to be okay with foolishness. And it's like, and, and I struggle with that because I'm just like, the church, like, man, like, we gotta be better. Like, we can't be the guys who are, we advocate more for political figures that don't give a rip about us, right? Like, Donald Trump and Joe Biden don't care about me, right? Jesus does, right? Like, and so why are you letting what this man thinks come so far, like, like literally, where we get to a point, like, I don't even want to talk to him no more, because he's a social, he's a socialist, he's a, he's a crazy racist, he supports Trump. Like, are you crazy? Like, and I think, in my mind, I'm like, Jesus is like, they admit it. Like, they, like, how, how has the gospel not changed your life? You know what I'm saying? And how are you not, like, we are called to live differently. And so, like, how are we not doing it? Like, what, 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 what's really the problem? You know what I'm saying? And so, it, it's very disheartening. But I was like, yo, like, I ain't dealing with, like, and I had to do a, a, a self-check, right? Because, like, I, I remember, and it was actually a real city college student who was like, Chris, like, you sound like you don't like white people, like borderline hate. And I was like, bro, because y'all do too much. And I ain't, dealing, I ain't got time for y'all. And But that was a check that I had to realize. I'm like, I can't disengage. If I'm asking them to be engaged, I can't then throw up my hands. Like, okay, just because you don't get it, you're not worth my time. Like, who am I to do that? Right? Like, I look stupid and I'm a hypocrite when I'm saying I'm pissed off that you for not being engaged. And because you're not engaged, I don't care no more. And it's like, would Jesus do that with me? Right, like when Jesus looked at Chris and be like, you know what? Because you're not putting in a hundred, I am not putting in a hundred. And he doesn't do that with me, right? Like, praise the Lord, Jesus is like, I'm gonna love you regardless of the stupidity that you do. And that if I say that I love Jesus and I'm following his statutes, like I have to love people regardless if they love me back or not. And there's a greater reward too, like and Jesus talks about this, like what? What do you get out of loving people who are similar to you? That's easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, and I think it, it shows a testament to who the Lord is when it, we're able to forgive and step and, and encounter people who are different than us. So going off of that, let's talk about this idea of equality, because the first time I met you, it was something that we talked about mm -hmm. um, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell and have read, that is the sole motivator behind the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement. So straight up, what does equality mean? Um, I think like there's this component of like we're all like treated fairly, um, and we're all treated with some respect. Um, yeah, like I'm not gonna say treat. Yeah, treat guys how you want to be treated, and like give people the plat the platform to to have the same benefits as you have. You know. Um, so how can I, we as privileged people, employ our privilege? as a catalyst for that equality? I think you leverage it, right? Like you, like how many of y'all, raise your hand you white in this room, you're with a white person, white people. How many of y'all have a uh, say in that, being created white? Anybody? Anybody that anything to do with them being white? No, right? None, none of us, right? Like we can't help that. Um, 
But I think, and again, right, it goes back to like, once you know better, you do better. And so once you know that there's a problem, you need to address it. Um, and I think it's as simple as when you are on social media and you see your uncle talking crazy, saying something stupid, right? Like for instance, there, there was this, this, this basketball player who they, they lost, they were, they were supposed to make it pretty deep, they lost, and they were, they were saying racial slurs at him, right? But these were probably the same exact people that would say, uh, I don't understand why athletes are protesting, why are these like, why are you like, you have all this privilege, and it's like, one, if you, if you do have privilege, why don't you use it, right? Because you would listen to LeBron James over me, right? Like, if LeBron James came and spoke in this room, you'd probably be like, oh, that's LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like, you would be inclined to hear him, right? He's using his privilege to, like, this is a, a multi-millionaire, and probably will be a billionaire by the time he dies, talking about issues that the average minority might encounter, right? And so it's like, and maybe you don't know how to engage. And so, hey, Google is pretty good. We go to Google for everything else, right? Like Google, how far is Chipotle from Grove City? It's 28 miles. I know, I go there a lot. But so you, you, you use these techn like technology to, to, to help you grow. So why can't you use technology to learn about privilege, right? Because I'm young. I'm tired of talking to white people about white privilege. Because I'm like, why? again, why am I talking to you about your privilege? You know what I'm saying? Oh. And so, but at the same time, like, I have to be engaged in the conversation. And so, like, I think as, as, as white people, y'all need to be proactive about understanding the role that you do play, because you do play a role. And I think to, to, to live a life like you don't, you just, like, again, right, like, Martin Luther King, right, like, if people love, love, quote Martin Luther King. But Martin Luther King's biggest issue was with white Christians who just continue to not say anything. It was never the like he, he understood the Klansmills don't come for his neck, right? Like they want they they there were the poisonous snakes that he knew about, right? But imagine getting bitten by somebody you thought was your ally, right? And so I think as much as you love talking about King and his life and how peaceful he was, right? Like he also said, yo, like I have a problem with white people not engaging because you don't think this is your problem. And for me, it's just like until white people as a majority start to care about oppressed situations and oppressed people that have privilege, we won't see a change. And so I, I think it's a, it's the average American that is willing to engage and again, build relationships with people. And you don't build relationships with them solely because they look different than you. You build them because they're people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a person just like you are, and you deserve that respect. And so like, you need to engage with people that are, like, if I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty convinced if you don't have people in your life that have different views than you, it is nearly impossible for you to grow as a person. So, what does it look like? And even somebody who, and you gotta be black, right? Like, what does it look like to, to have a, a, a woman in your life saying, like, yo, like, maybe you shouldn't talk to that girl like that? That's why you left on bread. You know what I'm saying? That's why you're friends on You know what I'm saying? Because you're going back to your boys and you're like, bro, I'm trying to shoot my shot and she just been friends on me. You ain't got no game one, but <laughs> your friends are probably like, oh, bro, she's probably just being the worst. It's like, no, like, maybe you do need relationships with women so you can understand, yo, this is how I want to be approached. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially if you ain't got no game. 
It's special. You know what I'm saying? Because they can teach you things that you just don't know, right? And so it's just like, what does it look like to have people that are different than you, like, whether that's politically, like, racially, like, gender? And I, and I tell my guys all the time, like, I'm just like, I'm like, y'all need lady friends. Like, y'all need lady friends. Like, they, need to, they can teach you things that your homies can't. And they don't mean that you try to slide in the DMs every, like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just like, yo, like, it's value in having people that are different in your life. If there's one takeaway message from your story um, that you want us to remember, what is it? That the church needs to step up. And the church needs to actually be the church and not decide to, like, and we, like, being comfortable is cool, but, like, we're not called to be comfortable people. Uh, because, in, in my, honestly, in my experience, the people that have, have helped me the most are the people that don't know Jesus. And I'm just like, how can you be the one that get it over and done? Right? It's like my own family. Like, imagine your mom telling you that she doesn't value you. And she may not say that, but with her actions, you're like, you don't value me. That hurts to the core. Right? Because it's like, you are my mother. Right? Like, if nobody loves you, you should love me. Or your brother, or your grandma. And so it's like, we are a family. Whether I like you or not, you know what I'm saying? But I gotta respect you. I have to value you. I have to show input. Um, and, I, and I have to be engaged with you. And so I think that the church needs to figure out, and I think we have an answer in the Bible. We just choose not to. Or we think that, oh, it's okay to like, oh, this scripture don't apply to me. No, you can't abuse scripture. You can't uh, allow the scripture to, to justify, like, when you're going to use it and how you're going to use it. Like, that's not okay. Um, and I think it's just, like, decent people. Too. And again, right, like, I've had experiences where, like, like I live, like, my white friends that don't know Jesus, they're like, why are you a Christian? Those people are the worst. Like, they don't even love you. And I'm just like, Ooh, I ain't got a point, dog. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, it's always with my Christian friends that have always given me the most strong pushback, like, like, and, and, and I'm pretty conservatively, like, biblically, right? Like, and so, like, like we agree on, like, like our views on abortion or, or same-sex marriage, right, and those things. But as soon as I start talking about my experience as a black man, oh, no, that's just an isolated incident. Dog, my whole life can't be an isolated incident, you know? And so, like, um, and I'm not just in my feelings, right? And so it's just, like, why do I get so much pushback for my, like, Christian friends, and why is it so hard for you to just like empathize with me and like value me, but you want me to turn around and do that for you in return? Uh, and I think if, and maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you're not a Christian in this room, and that's okay, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would personally love to have a conversation with you on why you don't believe that type of stuff, but uh, but I think as as a, as a white individual, like, what does it look like to le to, to to leverage your privilege and like realize, like the, the honest to God truth, like white people do have it like easier in America. Like they just do. Like and, and, and again, that doesn't mean that you don't work hard. That doesn't mean that you're lazy. Like I hope y'all not hearing that from me tonight, because I don't believe that. Um, but you you can't then tell me to pull myself up by my bootstraps and bootstraps that I don't have. So you can't do that to me. Like that's so unfair. Um, so yeah, church be better. White people like leverage what y'all got, man, to make this world a better place. Because people are doing it, right? Like I'm not saying every white person in this room don't care about white people or don't care about like 
people that are, are watching vlogs. But I think y'all need to be okay with being uncomfortable. Like, I think y'all need to be like, yo, like, for the sake of other people being in better situations, I'm going to speak up. Like, because if you don't, who will, right? Like, most of the time, like, your friends, your white friends will listen to their white friends you're talking about. Like, yo, like, did you hear about what happened to Chris the other day? Like, someone said this to him. Like, did you, what'd you do? Like, you, that's supposed to be your point if you care about it. And I get, I get it's uncomfortable. I get these conversations can be a little emotionally charged, but they gotta be worth it, man. Like, you gotta see people and you gotta value people. And again, I think the world will be a better place when you, you, you show people respect and dignity and like you value them. Like, and, and I think you ask yourself, like for, again, like you Christians in the room, like what would Jesus do? Like, and the only way you know the answer to that is not listening to your freaking pastor on Sunday that, that has this limited worldview, but you go to the scriptures and you find out this is what Jesus would do. This is how Jesus would love people. Like, this is what, like, what would Jesus do? And for those of y'all who have been Christians for a long time, y'all have this freaking dumb bracelet on that says, <laughs> what would Jesus do, right? Like, ask yourself that question in those situations. Like, you know, and, and, and it's funny, it said he would love first, right? And so, like, I can put aside my personal views to show my homie love and when he's hurting. You know what I'm saying? Because I guarantee you, if you don't do that, people are going to look at you like, you don't care about me. Like, it doesn't mean that you're going to agree with them. Right? Like, it doesn't mean that, oh, I agree that, well, I don't know why you wouldn't agree that Black Lives Matter. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like but you can be like, yo, like, I hear you. I see you. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. That's all the questions I have for Chris. If anybody has any questions, now would be the time to ask them. Yeah. Hey, Chris, where do you go to church around here and why? I don't go to church in Grove City because there's not no diversity. Uh, and if I was going to stay here in Grove City long term, I needed to be around people who looked like me or who had, like, I needed to be comfortable. Like, I needed one place in this town where I was gonna be comfortable. So I go to church in Pittsburgh. We're actually not open. If they, it's ACDAC down there, but we're, we're not open because COVID. And it's too many people. But for me, it was just like, I could not. Like I was giving so much to the school and I was so exhausted all the time. And I'm like, I need to have one place where I don't have to, like I can let my guard down. No more questions for Chris? Okay, Chris Merrick, thanks for talking to me and sharing your story.